Thanks for downloading this episode of The Magpod, a podcast from the Magpie Anthology. I'm Tom Stroud, and in this episode, we're joined by Rouse Limited for the voice of the expert. We're talking money and financial planning with Ben Rouse and Ben Silk. And this week, we're talking about starting early, the kind of things that you can do early on as a first-time investor, things that will pay dividends later on. Ben Rouse, where do you start? Yeah, so uh, I, mean, I always enjoy seeing um, younger clients, particularly sort of the next generation of clients that we're already dealing with, because it's, it's great to be able to give them some advice from an early age so that they actually get set off on the right foot. And what I always say is that you, know, you should think of investing really as a sort of pyramid. Not a pyramid scheme, but a, <laughs> but a pyramid in shape. Maybe I'll change my shape for this. I don't yeah, know. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. A triangle. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to think of uh, investment as a sort of triangle. And uh, it's not a triangle, it's a pyramid. Because it's got a base. Yeah, you, however much you cut it, it is a pyramid, isn't it? It all points to the top. <laughs> yeah. And, and the base of this needs to be a, a good sort of um, sound f- foundation of cash. So you really do need to start saving something. And typically, we would ask people to be having somewhere between six and 12 months of their normal expenditure set aside in cash. Now, the reason that uh, you have cash is to deal with the things that come along that you're not expecting or the things that you are expecting and you know you're going to have to pay for. But having cash for any other reason is just going to be helping you to lose money safely because you're never going to keep pace with inflation. So, you know, if you've saved a thousand pounds and you put it in a bank, every day you look at that bank, there'll be a thousand pounds in it, maybe with a little bit of interest. But at the end of the year, you won't be able to buy the same amount of stuff as you could have done at the beginning with that thousand pounds because the price of everything else has gone up more than the value of your thousand. That's inflation. And that's, that's the problem with holding cash. What we tend to say is, yeah, by all means, have six to 12 months equivalent expenditure as an emergency fund. So anything that hits you uh, from the side, you know, you're just not expecting you've got some money for it and you don't have to borrow. And then try and look ahead perhaps, you know, one to three years and say, well, you know, is there anything that I need to, 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 to buy or, you know, it might be a new car, might be going on a big trip, you know, have that money set aside in cash on top of your emergency expenditure. So just to be clear, you're saying save by all means, just don't put it in the bank or don't put too much in the bank. Don't put too much in the bank. Understand why you're doing what you're doing. Don't just be a passive participant in your saving. You know, understand why you're putting things into different places. So yes, very important to have a good base of cash to cover those things. And then as a financial planner, when we sit down with clients, we we look at that on a yearly basis and help clients to uh, really work through what they, they need. On top of that, you should then have any of your money which you need in sort of three years plus. Uh, and, and that's where we would start to use tax incentivized schemes like ISAs, So individual savings accounts. And then on the very top of your pyramid, as it were, (laughs) triangular shaped object, on the very top of that is your long term saving. And that's where we'd use another tax incentivized scheme or maybe a couple of different ones, uh, which would be pensions, possibly venture capital trusts or VCTs, and maybe even some EISs or enterprise investment schemes. Ben Silk, how do you put a nest egg into a pyramid? <laughs> I strongly um, believe that um, a little and often is better than nothing or a, a big hit and, and forgotten about. Normally, if you set up a direct debit to an ISA, um, you can time it so that it comes out of your account at the same time that your wages or your income goes in. So you don't actually really feel it. You're not writing a, a check as such and it automatically goes in and starts your investment pot. 
the sooner you do it the longer it's got in there to grow and history tells us that most things do grow over time there will be some short-term volatility and downturns but over the longer period the movement is generally up so if you can get that started sooner that first contribution that you make will have a lot longer to grow and will be worth a lot more than the last contribution that you make into any sort of long-term savings plan i believe it was albert einstein quite a clever chap he described compound interest and that's interest on interest on interest as being the eighth wonder of the world it's really powerful maths money that you haven't contributed is growing at the same rate as the money that you have contributed so it's not quite as exciting as the Taj Mahal though is it Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the main things about the investing side that Ben was saying is that actually it's another point which comes up quite a lot with clients if they're new to investment it's very important that they understand that Actually, if you're paying in regularly to something, what you really want to happen is for the stock markets to crash. You want them to go down because then every time you pay in, you're buying cheaper stuff. And then as they get towards their retirement goals or whatever goals it is, they want the stock market to go up. So, you know, again, it's an educational process because people feel very nervous about going into something, right, rightly so, going into something that um, they haven't done before. But if, you, if you're investing into a nice, diverse range of investments, which a financial planner will put together for you, as I say, in the early years, it's much better that you have some really bad performance because then you're buying cheaper stuff. So crashes aren't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I've always thought this about the currency markets, that when bad things happen, they do give people the option to invest and, and yeah. do other things. Volatility creates opportunity. It's, it's, a, it's a great... I, I get a bit more excited when I see a little bit of downturn and a little bit of revaluation of uh, companies. If, you, if you're holding the right companies through that period, you, you'll benefit from the, up, the uptick more. Okay, let's flip this on its head. We've been talking about what you should be doing uh, at an early stage in your career. What about with people who come to you later in life? What are the things that they often say to you? Cool, I wish I'd known this when I was younger. What are the main things that you have to educate people on or the main things that maybe people miss? I think it's really uh, when we sit down and we calculate how much that person may need to put aside for their retirement. Um, If someone comes to us in their 50s, they've got maybe 10 20 years to save whereas if they'd started in their 20s they've got 40 50 years and they've also got the benefit of that compound interest interest on interest so i think that's the big eye-opener when we produce illustrations showing thousand pounds a month whereas for a 20 year old it might have been a couple of hundred pounds a month yeah we, we always try and encourage i mean most of our clients are probably fit in the age range of sort of 40 to 60 that would be typical so they've got children generally coming through so i mean we always try and encourage them to help educate their children to start saving earlier i think that's really really important and the way that we would uh, encourage them to use that is that parents can pay into a pension for a child so you have an allowance into a pension whether you have any earnings or not you can pay 2880 pounds in and the government will throw in 720 pounds that's a yearly allowance Um, There are also various different things like ICEs, but there's also lifetime ICEs. Now, lifetime ICEs were introduced, I think, uh, about three years ago now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, the the idea behind them is that if somebody is uh, over the age of 18, but under the age of 40, they can start saving into one of these schemes. They can save up to £4,000 a year and uh, they'll get an uplifted bonus of 25%. So if you save your full 4000 at the end of the year, the government will throw in £1,000. Now, you can keep that allowance if you either use that money on your first property purchase or 
If you don't ever buy a property, you can take it tax-free after the age of 60. And one of the things that we're particularly encouraging, again, those clients who have children, is it's highly unlikely that your children will be able to get onto the housing market without some sort of help from the bank of mum and dad. So much better that you start saving on a regular basis and get some input from the government through one of these lifetime ISAs than be tapped up you know, at the last minute to say, can I have an extra 10 grand, please, mum and dad, to finish this deposit? As you said on our previous podcast, Never turn down free money. Never turn down free money. (laughs) Okay, so if you want to find out more about any of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast today, you can go online to magpieonline.co.uk. Find out more about Rouse Limited, a team of independent financial planners based on the Isle of Wight. Find out more about them and indeed more episodes of the Magpod at magpieonline.co.uk.